Welcome to the Adventure Creator Podcast, episode 30. My guests today are none other than Annie Lundquist and Dixie Stark, two top interior designers up here in the Pacific Northwest, and they've got a ton of knowledge and experience to share. We actually are doing this podcast, tag team in this podcast. They're going to put it out on their podcast called Design Salvation, and I'm going to share it here on the Adventure Creator Podcast where I talk to people who are passionate about what they do. And I have this curiosity about interior design because design and the way we structure our lives, the way we set up our homes, our car, the way we have our workstation set up impacts our not only our productivity, but our happiness and our ability to operate in this world. So I love this conversation. It was super fun in person. Boom, cut, needed two takes, but Actually, the podcast started a little bit weird. We had some yard work going on outside, so we cut the first 10 minutes and we literally jumped straight into Annie and Dixie talking about Design Salvation, their podcast. So here we go. So I think we might have silence for the rest of this. Great. And okay. uh, 21 minutes. I, usually I take I like notes, it. but I'm going to listen to It doesn't matter. We don't care. Podcast anyways. Um, Dixie, you were talking matter. about why why you do the podcast, like what it is. It sounds. Let me just reiterate, and you can fill in okay. the gaps. It's a podcast about design. Yes, I'm, I'm very new to design, so a lot of the folks that'll listen to this that are more your listeners will be like f- like interior design curious, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. maybe a client that or a potential person wants to do a project on their own, and it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to maybe hire someone right away, so they start gathering information through a podcast like yours. So you're filling the gaps. That's so good. Is that good? Okay. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I also think that um, interior designers, it's a very lonely business. Yes, So we work really individually. And I think one of the things uh, that is nice for interior designers is to hear other interior designers talk. Because Mm -hmm. it's rare that we have the time or the situation where we interact and Mm -hmm. interface in a casual manner. So I think that's one of the things I love about meeting with Dixie. And it's one of the things that um, really motivates me and invigorates me to, to do this for other people, too. Yeah, awesome. mm-hmm. awesome. that's a great way. To, that's a great way to phrase and we, it. And as a really podcast too, we sort of bled into lifestyle stuff just because you know you live your life a certain way as an interior designer. That's that's obviously very attuned to beauty, and so it's really nice to bring that to the podcast. You know, things that we've done, either entertaining wise mm-hmm. or just family things that we've done or or with friends that are pretty and inclusive and easy to do that uh, create a lifestyle that's more beautiful very cool yeah. very cool when i goes hand in met hand. dixie was on a seattle design center yeah. interview we, i was doing some videos for seattle design center uh-huh. dixie was one of the top designers that they recommended <laughs> that we talk to That's and scary. the whole day they were talking about just wait for Dixie she's gonna have so much energy and yeah, this and that. Yeah, it was like interview yeah. number four I think it was the last interview of the day I was for the me. last interview and I was, was rolling in at the last minute I, we had 20 minutes and I just got a little taste of uh what it would be like to sit down and talk for longer so um, Dixie's a lot she's a little bit of force of I, nature and that was a problem you know when we talked about me yeah. making the transition from the south out to the pacific northwest that was a problem for a lot of people like I had too much energy uh-huh. it was too you know like in their face so you know I get that I know people I, had to make I adjustments know. right you, you I think I made the adjustment <laughs> You, I think you did because okay. you would have scared okay. me a little bit as a satellite. Yes, a, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. My first job was actually not, you know, I didn't own my own business. I went to go work for someone else and 
I wasn't there probably maybe 10 days. And they said, hey, come in, come in the office and need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. I had no idea. You know, I'm, what, 27 years old or something like that. And they were like, you need to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> and I, I was like, I what do you mean? <laughs> and they were like, well, it's, you're just a little too much sometimes. <laughs> So, so I, I have adapted, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I'm still a lot. Now I kind of don't care. Right. That's great. It's a great thing about, and we can be on a podcast and you know, it doesn't matter. Uh It doesn't matter. You don't, because I'm not right in their face. I'm just in the mic. They can turn you down. That's right. They can turn, yeah, they turn, can you turn us off or turn us down. Yeah. And it doesn't matter to you because you're no. move, keep moving forward. No, yeah. It's funny. I've noticed more and more like being, seeing my generation in their twenties often struggling with like self judgment or yes. judgment of others. And then you look to other people that have like kind of been uh-huh. a little bit more further down the line and it's like, fuck it. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know if you want that yeah. word in your thing. No, yeah, it's yeah, like, who, like, cares, who cares really? Cares? And then when you do embrace your authentic self, then more people gravitate towards you. So I um, think that's very wise. And I would say that's the beauty of aging that it, is uh, the beauty of aging. it really is relaxing. I wouldn't go back to any age uh-huh. at all wow. because of what exactly what you're saying that you, you just get more comfortable in your skin. You understand yourself. So you express yourself more clearly. And I think you don't care as much and so people love it yeah and you attract the people that you want to be around instead of attracting the wrong people because you put the wrong thing out there you know it's like I, i acted this way so i'm attracting that you know client or friend or whatever it is but when you're authentic yeah then you're attracting you know the people that or like your tribe or whatever you want to call it. People uh-huh. Not to get too woo-woo, but when you are living kind of your purpose, if you yeah, will. Like, exactly. Think the right things start to happen for sure. And They um, do. So why, how did you guys meet and how did the podcast, like, <laughs> why was there synergy there? What did you see? And I think we kind of were aware of each other in, in a really nice way over the years. Um, just... passing at the design center Mm -hmm. or meeting we have similar vendors and so we would see each other and i mean i just adored dixie from the start as anyone would and then uh yeah so just kind of crossing paths for years that's what yeah Yeah. i think that's what it was is that we kept crossing paths and we realized that we were i realized maybe not we but speaking for myself i realized that we would attend like we get invited to a lot of events Mm -hmm. we get invited to do a lot of things and you have to kind of pick and choose because if you only did events and you only did things then you're not getting any work done Mm -hmm. you're not fulfilling you know um your job purposes and what have you making any money or anything else so (laughs) we kept showing up at similar events so our interests were aligned, were aligned mm-hmm. in that regard. And it was like kind of funny because I'd be like, ah, he's there again, you know, and we would talk and we would get to know each other even more. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how we kind of like really kind of hit it off was just from some of the events at the design center and various other yeah, showrooms and then we and were We were, it's the first of the year. Um, yeah. And Dixie, you know, that you set that. new goals. This was uh, 2019, mm, beginning of January. Yeah. We ran into each other at the design center, and Dixie came right up to me and said, I want to start a podcast. I need someone to do it with. <laughs> just like, it. boom, just like really little. And you were like, okay. Uh, okay. I thought about it a lot. 
You had Dixie doesn't do anything. I'm very methodical. She's very methodical. I'm more impulsive, and um, so I hadn't thought about a podcast at all. But if Dixie's asking me, yes, I'll try it because I love her, and I think energy is super important. I think when you have that symbiosis, Uh it's a really special thing that you don't have with anybody. It's it's sort of how as you're talking about getting wiser as you get older, you pick your friends for energy. You you know, Mm -hmm. they really bring out the best in you and I think that's an important thing to sort of wade through mm-hmm. all the people in your life and figure out the ones that bring out the best in you and I feel that way yeah, with you and I was also super flattered because she is such a little force in our industry no, no yes you are no, no, no. yes you are yes don't listen to her mm-hmm. and she her reputation is stellar and and, and you're she so ha- nice I <laughs> I speak the truth. Oh, let her speak. Let yes, her speak. yes. <laughs> just let yourself be flattered. I've heard this from okay, other sources, you. so this is not. Yes, not you know it's yep. true. Yep. Yeah. So her career arc is something I've always admired. It's very different than mine, and um, I was delighted that she would think I no, we could bring pals. the right mix to her pod, essentially her podcast. No, it's our podcast. I just had thought about it for a while and I was like, I need, I wanted someone that, that had similar experience, worked with high end luxury clients, you know, someone that I felt comfortable with. You've got to pick somebody you yes. like and mm-hmm. somebody you want to be around and somebody you feel comfortable with. Um, and, and you just like every check, uh, like you just had every check. I was like, Oh my gosh, why don't I reach out to Annie? Why didn't you want to start the podcast? Well, so I'm one of those restless people. I I get very (laughs) restless. So I'll do something I'll, you know, and then I'll do something else and I'll do something else. And, and it's, it was just another creative outlet. My husband, um, he knew that I had started a blog and, you know, but he, you know, and he knew that I, you know, I've had a couple of product lines and again, I've gone down all these different paths and he kept saying to me, why don't you just do a podcast? Like mm-hmm. you talk a lot anyway <laughs> and you like Good to talker. talk a lot. And I'm one of, of maybe the only, maybe two of us are not teachers in my family. So I like to teach. I like to instruct, like to talk. He was like, why don't you do a podcast? Well, I never, I never wanted to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, if I do this by myself, I'm just like, just blabbing by myself. Defeats the purpose. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, yeah. and it wasn't going to be any fun for me. Mm-hmm. And I was having a really, really, um, Annie was talking just a few minutes ago about the lifestyle aspect and, and, you know, talking to the design community, but also talking to, um, you know, potential just DIYers or design curious. And I was like, gosh, I just, I just feel like I need another, another voice. So we just banter back and forth. We just banter back and forth. And What's I, kind of the format? Yeah, Tell me about like what you talk about or uh, okay, how so you the even format, come up with it. Format. No, no format. there is a there format. Is. So a little bit. Initially, our thought was actually a little bit more that the podcast would be directed to young interior designers uh-huh. because we're we're the older ones. Old, older <laughs> generation, you know. The next ups are in coming the prime up. of your career is what you should say. Not there you go. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so we thought, okay, let's really help the young designer because there's so right. much knowledge. There's so much 
to that you have to acquire and it just is endless so our first run at the podcast we did a whole thing on photography (laughs) professional photography and photographing your work and it was more scripted like we had written it out and we're very thoughtful about it yes okay it was the most boring it was boring thing it was dry it was was snoozer tedious to do frankly and the idea of doing that once a week was just like heinous it defeated the whole purpose we really wanted something fun and lighthearted. so we literally just we bagged it we bagged it and we said nope we then from literally then on all we did was sit down 15 minutes before i mean we chat for two hours and then sit down 15 minutes sketch out okay let's talk about this and this and this happened this week and that's what we did so kind of Things that are on the top of your mind, whatever. I love that. I'm actually doing that same thing with some friends tomorrow. We're going to start doing little like short podcasts on different topics. Cool. Hash out a few topics, sit down, maybe a few bullet points. Everyone throws in their bullet points and we just kind of go back and forth on what works, whether it's sleeping or morning routines or whatever. Yeah, great. So, and we bring up that kind of stuff too. Um, And generally we're like 20 to 30 minutes. That's it. Bang, bang, bang. And uh, that's little nuggets Uh that we can give people and, and, you know you were talking earlier about lifestyle it may be lifestyle or it may be an actual paint color it may be a confession we have some confessions you know things that have (laughs) happened that you kind of need to air out and we always have a beverage because a beverage makes you know talking a lot easier it's true it's one o'clock right now i figured a beer i I know you know a beverage we We are thinking we've made cocktails and we've made uh, a whole slew of cocktails and we're thinking about doing a top 10 list oh yeah kind of revise our cocktail list i want to tap into that okay good yeah okay we've gotten really good We we really have like a, we. I think have a lot got, of people with COVID have gotten good I'm, at their own. Well, well for sure, yes, isn't that true? And actually, maybe for we sure. tapped into that just prior to to all this going on. But we've gotten really good at it, and we can adjust. Like if there's a if there's a recipe that we've you know taken from somewhere else, we can manipulate. Yeah, it. we tweak it so that we're it's uh, it's friendly for all. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. So we we're enjoying it. I mean, yeah. I think that any time you do anything and you set out. Um, to just make sure you're enjoying the process and you're enjoying what you're doing that's going to be way more successful on multiple levels. Well, and people you, hear that you know, in your voice. You know, they, don't they you think? know. For sure. I can tell. Whether you're liking yeah. it or not. Yeah. One of the things I want to kind of go through both of your career arcs and understand like some of the similarities and differences right? because it's interior design is a creative field uh-huh. and a lot of the creative jobs, if you will, or paths there's they're so individualized oh, no. so i would love to hear there's, kind of like we about have completely vast. different paths we have completely different paths they're vast you how, go first yeah how do they Me? contrast yeah. and compare Why not? you go first okay so i um went to college and i went to law school and so i graduated from law school i passed the bar and i realized oh, wow. Uh, right around that time, I, well, my mother had had been diagnosed with a terminal illness when I was a senior at college. And so I had spent my law school years actually care, doing a lot of caregiving while I was attending law school. So by the time law school was done and I spent the next year caring for her before she passed, 
you you reassess your life. I mean, you really do. I think you should. Yes. <laughs> when something and, like that happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I realized I am, first of all, not cut out for law, nor do I like it. It certainly isn't what I want to do. And life could be very short. So I am going to do something completely different. And I had been exposed to design and art forever in a more casual way because my mother was interested. And so we had done that together. So it seemed like kind of a special thing to also pursue that path. I never considered myself a creative. Hmm. Never. I always thought I'm going to be a businesswoman. My mom always said, you've got to get a job and just have a nanny and just work, 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 work. <laughs> you know, that generation hadn't had that opportunity quite the same mm-hmm. way. So right. I was like, okay, right. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do. And then I, wow, did I fall off the business path in a way and switched to, really. yeah, not really, I guess, but cause there's a lot of business and design, but yeah. um, I had an art gallery with a great gal for a few years and then did design on the side. And just built my career that mm-hmm. way through, honestly, one little job after another. I had kids, so, you know, I had to be a mom, our job, which made my arc a little low because I, I really took motherhood very seriously and wanted to be but there. That arc really helps. The arc is not. Kids. I, well, thank you. I yeah. Did, yeah, that part I did well. Um, really good. <laughs> I think. We'll see. <laughs> no, you did. So you far, did. so good. No, they're really good. I, yeah. yeah, I think they're old enough now that you can say. I think yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can, t- yeah. you can take that ribbon. They're almost and done run with college. With it. Yeah. They're 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 in good shape. And my daughter may indeed she might launch a design career too. Interesting. Yeah. So pretty fun. It is very fun. cool. And not to completely throw out that point we were just talking about about like. The fact is when you go on a path that's so individualized, there's going to be challenges that are so big. And if you're not passionate about what you do, Mm -hmm. you're going to hit that roadblock like maybe you did in law school or something like you you didn't even hit the you went right through all the roadblocks. And no, it's true because I would say, well, yes, but I would say (laughs) the first month of law school, I knew I hated it. (gasps) So this is my only regret in life is that I continued because that's a three year commitment plus that damn bar exam. I continued through all college and I knew it was never yeah it wasn't your gig I know I was in a business school but didn't really see like I wanted to be an entrepreneur I I saw it as like something down the road I should do because everyone was telling me like get a job put in your couple years go to consulting and then I had a professor who was like no no no, you should think about film and writing as a career path because he saw me how how oh, much so, I enjoyed right. his class. And yeah. he's like, oh, you're a business like, student in the journalism class. Yeah. yeah. So literally one person just changed my kind of my path. How, how did you, what was that like turning point? I think the turning point honestly didn't come before my mom passed away. I don't think I would have even considered a creative career. Mm-hmm. I had, I like I said, I had these interests, but it just seemed like a hobby to me. Mm-hmm. You know, making it into an actual career just seemed ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And because low it's real yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, that's it. Low pain, yeah, yeah, dealing yeah. with, like, well, and serious plus, things Yeah, and also yeah. a little bit, I wouldn't say daunting, because I felt comfortable with, I was always giving my friends advice on their homes oh, yeah. before I realized oh, yeah. I could do it. But I, the idea when you've gone through college and law school that you would then go back to school, there's no way. So I just had You're to... You're so tired by then, I bet. Well, you... The cost involved. Yeah. The, Time, no, I just yeah. had to start working and yeah. faking it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Kind of like I, I know how to okay, do this. But what if it, so just, that's what you did? Yes, that's no, what I did. And just, how just, old were you at this time? Because I, I'm yeah. yeah, I was um 25. 25. Okay. Yeah, which is so, like so a baby. Young. Yeah, and it's like so a baby. I see so many 25 right. year olds so that are like, I'm old. I I don't I know. know what I'm gonna do with my life. It's like. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life yeah, either, but exactly. I know that's okay. So it's, it's all like, right. yeah, it's, yeah. All right. it's so that's true. Cool and story. one thing I would advise my children and any kid is take a break between college and grad school. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't because I thought <gasps> I can't waste time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm it's getting just, older every keep second. Going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have no exactly. perspective on time. No perspective. None. Yes. None. So true. Yeah, it's so skewed. Mm-hmm. It really is. But see, this is the thing. Annie, knowing that she's gone to law school and she's got such a brilliant mind and this girl can write and read like no other, she is so well-read and like, so it only takes a mind like Annie's to be self-taught. Mm. I could not have self-taught. I went to school you for design. You knew yourself and you need a little more I'm, structure. Yes, yeah. I needed, you know how I am. I needed the more structure. I needed, I needed coaching, instructing, all that. She's self-taught, but, but her brilliant mind's able to do that. It's, okay, it's but a you very know interesting, really sweet, you don't see it that way, mm, see? Here I want to know you how you're self-taught, like talk to oh me about gosh. like how you initially started to like, you said fake it, obviously, like you, you were probably talk to me about your mindset at that time, what you did. I think really honestly for a design mind that needs exposure is everything. So really you've got to consume, consume, consume imagery, imagery. You've got to, you know, understand the building process, contracting, you read read a lot. You know, every designer out there, every architect (laughs) out there. I'm like, yeah, I I don't know. I do. I do know a lot of that, but the interesting thing to me is we all have our you know when I said fake it it's really interesting and I think this is a I used to think it was more gender specific it was more of a woman thing that we feel like a fraud but I think it I actually think it works for both genders particularly in your 20s and early 30s as you're working and because you know nothing when you start anything but you want to put on the face like you want to put on a face like you do and so much of creatives you don't learn a hard skill in college so you come out with dookie yeah so i think for me like when i look at dixie and i just adore i just am so amazed by her (laughs) career arc because she learned how to draw and she learned how to draft and she learned from an architect and the like her strengths are completely my weaknesses you know i can draw i'm completely i like self-taught my little scribbles so i can communicate Mm. with a builder i can communicate with an architect i can communicate with a client but I am not proud of that product. Of the drawing stuff. I am not proud. And that to me feels like, especially this, in this day and age when young designers, young designers, yeah, they, they've got all that down. They can do all the drawing stuff down. Oh my gosh. And most of it is computer. That's what I was going to ask. um, I didn't really realize that. Yeah. They're doing a lot of like the Uh designing stuff in CAD and they do CAD. They do these beautiful, you know, projection level display the mm-hmm. furniture and all of it printed out all gorgeous and that's just not my gig it's I, super professional i also yes. work at heritage school of interior design yes. I don't know if I oh, yeah. yes. and that's i don't know how yes. the, all those circles it's are kind of yeah, similar that's all folks. Connected. Um, design center stuff and i saw a ton of young people that were maybe choosing a path that wasn't like the traditional four-year college thing 
going to school for like six months to a year, yes. having no debt afterwards or very little Love that. and being able to start their career exactly. right away. So I have, I guess one question is like, can anybody, like what type of traits mm-hmm. Good are, question. are ideal for someone who wants to get into this field? And do you think those can be learned if you have a passion that's really like in design, like, and maybe you're not artistic or you're not business minded, like you need both. You like, do. What's you need about? both of those, I will say. So you've got to know that you have this creative passion. You've got to want to look at stuff and consume it. Mm-hmm. And then you've, you you can teach yourself business skills, I think, more easily mm-hmm. than... A, I think you can yeah. too. But you you should I answer this. I learn both. But you should speak to this because you're more of a teacher. Like you've coached young designers more specifically than than I have. I, I have a little bit. So this is this is... It was so interesting and it. it's quite in depth. I grew up where my family owned businesses. So I, I did get an opportunity to understand basic business principles, you know. So I, I did have that background. I, I loved anything that was like architecture, anything that was beautiful. I didn't care if it was art. I loved color. I loved, you know, I just had, that was just always my thing. And um, I I spatially enjoyed, you know, mom would come home, I'd be like eight years old and I will have rearranged the living room. And (laughs) and she's like, okay. My mother had no, none of those skills or any interest. Hmm. She didn't care. So she was like, go for it. The visual of you pulling like the couch eight years old. I would would put it on towels. I would put it on towels and drag it so that I can move things around, you know, or whatever it took. And I broke several things and kind of got in trouble from here and there. But anyways, because I wanted, you know, to play and change with it. Um, But it's kind of interesting. When I went to school, I needed that because I didn't know how to draw. Going back to growing up in in a smaller town, we didn't have a lot of things in public school that um, focused on the arts or focused on this facet that I wanted to go into. So I needed to go to college in some capacity. And the only thing to do and the only thing I could afford was the state college, but they did have an interior design program and they had a great architecture program. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And I learned a lot in school. I did. The whole thing, First semester. This is a funny story. Can I tell my funny story? Go ahead. As you tell it, I'm going to. Oh my gosh. The whole first semester, I was in a mechanical drawing class. (laughs) And I'm like, what in the world am I having to draw like mechanical drawing? It was, it was, it was things that you would never have to draw in interior design, but it was teaching you the basics of mechanical drawing. And I would get my drawings back from the professor and he would be like scale wrong um incorrect scale painful it was so it was so like and i was devastated and he would be like form beautiful uh (laughs) you know because we had to architecturally handle it all this stuff he came over in the middle of our studio and he picked up my scale and he went guess this is the problem (laughs) I had an engineer scale. I did not have an architect scale. What? Uh, There's a difference? Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't even know. So That's a problem. Yeah. So I was using 
an, an engineer, it's completely different. They're completely different. I mean, obviously they are, but, but you know, with an architect scale, you're in your quarter inch, eighth inch, whatever. When you're in a, an engineer scale, it's like sixteenths and this, and it's all these different formula. It, it's totally different. And you just and went I to still the- to this day don't think I really know the difference, but I'm like <laughs> they're different. And you, and then he went, well, this is the problem, and and he called me out in the middle of class, and mm. I was like, oh my gosh. But what that did for me is it made me really want to work hard to learn how to draw, okay. because I felt like I had to make up a whole semester because I'd been using a wrong scale. <laughs> <laughs> I, so it didn't intimidate me. you or like set you off course. It actually it's, it kind of huh. did. It, it made me really this. push to do. Oh, there you go. It really made me push myself to really learn how to draw, and I had to learn how to draw quickly because I had to pretty much make up that entire semester in like a matter of weeks. And I remember you saying that you then worked for an architect who was I incredible. Did. Oh my gosh! And he would just tear up your drawings right and left. Oh, he would. He would. Yeah, because he, he wanted perfection. He wanted me to know. He, basically, he was not in the office very much, and so what he wanted me to do was replicate his style. Well, he was left-handed. There was no computers at the time. None. I, I, you know, there was no computers. So he wanted me to actually letter the way he lettered and do the drawings the way he did them. And so he would come in and say, this doesn't look like mine. You have to do it again. And just he'd rip it up. Not necessarily with anything wrong. Just like No, he just, he just wanted me to replicate what do he was doing. you think that was doing. a reasonable thing? <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was reasonable at all, but I look back on it and I'm like, what it did huh. do Oh, I me. would love that experience. See, that just me. totally appeals to me. Like, I oh, wish I had really? that. Really? Oh, yeah. You love that, like, critical feedback? Critical and feedback was, about drawing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Awesome. He was he was tough, tough, tough. Mm-hmm. And I still to this day struggle with certain aspects of drawing. But what it did help me do is learn, um, you know, spatial relations. And and it definitely helped me with, you know, will this thing fit or will that thing not fit? And, will, you know, what's And to that, like? I will say, in terms of drawing for clients and if you want mm-hmm. to be an interior designer, you you don't have to draw perfect perspective. No, perspective is no. super challenging. You it can is. definitely do an elevation mm-hmm. and yeah. 2D kind of yeah. facades. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, you don't have to always no. do the, the but, 3D. And, and then if you are going to school right now, it is a requirement to offer obviously learn all of the the different you know CAD programs and and uh, so they can do all that for you yeah but if you, you still need to be able those, to you, know, you need to be able to sketch a chair for a client yeah or you need to be able to sketch a little bit of perspective mm-hmm. but not a lot you can yeah. you can kind of it really helped me yeah. it really helped me so I you know I, I had I had to learn those skills so but. it's possible to learn them. I it mean, is possible. Yeah. And I and don't know. There is not one top designer. And all, I should, let me say this differently. All the top designers in the world, I would say, are phenomenal business people. Mm-hmm. So it's it's much more than the creative it's it's to similar be really filmmaking. I yes, that yes. Half of it's like just the finances and business side. Yes, and and I, and yeah. I would also say having met a few of the top designers. They are nice. They're generally friendly. They know how to build relationships. Oh, so yeah. it's not yeah, the really top top ones are incredible people. I yeah. Say, yeah. They're yeah. just the whole the great people. Package. They can yeah, they yeah. can and and that's why the clients are comfortable with them because the clients have to get pretty intimate with it with you in the sense that 
they they have to tell you what they like, what they don't like, what their habits are, mm-hmm. you know, particulars about the way they use things. And so it's like they've got to feel comfortable with you. So having that that welcoming, open personality is definitely a trait of being successful in our industry. For sure. Yeah. I noticed that when I interviewed six or eight of you in two days. Yeah. It's like each person, they're aware that when they, they uh, this is a theme that, almost hmm. all the designers mentioned. Like, they're aware when they're coming into someone's house, it's a very intimate thing. Yes. Like, you're literally moving people's stuff around and, like, can is this the couch you want or this couch? Is that a little outside your budget? It can get a little emotional, you know, like, people... But ultimately, like, the you're helping that person's life kind yes. of, like, move in the right direction. Correct. So there's two things that I noticed. One is that interior design, I talked with Caitlin... She's a young, she's just graduated from Heritage. I know who you're talking about. Can't Um, think of her last name either. And she was talking about how it is accessible for people. You don't have to like hire a high-end interior designer for a luxury property. Like if you're, if you live in a small apartment somewhere, it doesn't matter. It's like cheap rent. You can move things around and in, improve your life. Exactly. In a way. So yes. Maybe elevate. both of you talk a little bit about so, how yeah, that's interior our, design. That's one of the themes in our podcast is let's just elevate our lifestyles. That's the way so to in them. any setting, I mean, even if you have a cute little camper, like let's yeah. elevate, you know, yeah. we're, we're having a casual dinner. Let's elevate by using linen napkins and those kinds of things, I think, um, are important to our sense of well-being. So there's, you know, there's a there's a part of you that thinks, oh, what's the importance of this in in the grand scheme of things, or what does beauty really imply in the world, or is Just it leave even the meaningful? On the ground, leave a mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we all know us. that when your house is clean, when you decide to bring some plants in, which I see here, I know. when I'm you sure. you know <laughs> that it adds um, to your well-being. So it's definitely a holistic approach to life that I think all of us um, see more because of the internet. We are exposed Mm -hmm. to more ways of living well. And so, for example, you know, when my kids bring friends home and and interior designers homes in general are pretty well put together, one one would hope, uh, you know, depending on their age and whatever. But they, they do notice they do tend to notice, oh, I can tell your mom's an interior designer or I really like, you know, how this feels. Mm-hmm. And I love that about interior design. Um, I love that sense of well-being that you can bring to someone. We all want to live better. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And it's sometimes it's just the little things that can put you in a different place in your own little world, so to speak. You know, it's like light the candle. Yeah, we talked about that on one of our podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Just we can all we can all do just a little bit better, but it makes us feel better. Mm And when you feel better, everything's better. And and so we're just always trying to encourage people to live with beauty and to elevate. And living with beauty doesn't necessarily mean it has to be expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, it's ex- exactly what you were speaking your to. Drawers, so yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. The stuff you oh, use yeah. more is closer, and the stuff you don't use goes in the garage or something. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Small and things. so that's one of the things that we talk about a lot, but I think that's part of the reason we probably chose this industry is we can see that that makes a big difference well i think so and i think that's what you you know switching from law to design was (laughs) (laughs) partly because it felt it feels more meaningful 
For me. I mean, for someone yeah. else, it's not that way. You right. Know, and you have, to follow, mm-hmm. you have to follow your, yeah. your purpose, your desires, your passions. You have to follow that. That's yeah. what we talk about on it. this podcast. Right on. I, I love that. I just I love talk it. to folks about what they're passionate about. Yeah. So, so let's what, keep going. I, I want to hear about it. I, I, wanna, I would love to bring up one thing that yeah. I am a little passionate about in this industry. Oh, and that it goes back yeah. to this being a very individualistic endeavor. Mm. And it's a hard job. It is a hard job. Right. It's based on this conversation so far. It's like everyone should just go do this. Yeah, no. Uh, no. No, 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 Talk no, to no, me no, about no. the challenges. I think there are <laughs> yeah, no. challenges. So there are, there's the challenge of making money because it takes a long time to build it your does. business in a way that your hourly can really be mm-hmm. something meaningful. And and then experience is, is what you pay for. So that takes time, obviously. To build that up. To build that up. And then Get clients, seasoned. because it is intimate... Clients are difficult mm. and they really let you see. Most of them do. They let you, they see, let you the see the inner workings of their world and the dynamics between partners mm. and it's complicated. And then you're dealing with really generally expensive items. So money is stressful. So all those things that topic can be, uh, yeah, really hard on an interior designer because you have to deal with all of it. Mm. And I think that sometimes... You think you're just going to go in there because you're nice and you can build relationships and you're creative and you know the right answer that it's going to be a straight path. And it's not always. And sometimes you let clients go and sometimes they let you go and you've got to be resilient. So Mm -hmm. one of the ways that I think in this lonely business that to really breed resiliency and or increase your adaptability to it and bounce back more quickly is actually to collaborate you know, whether it's just with a friend and you just make a point and they're in the same industry that you go to coffee once a week and you let it all out oh, yeah. and you vent because your, all your stories will be the same. It's surprisingly true. Yeah. All of our stories they're are the same. The same. In a little different vein or a different, you know, <laughs> design framework, but they are the same stories. Oh, or you like literally collaborate with someone on a project um, to get a better end result or to help you just handle the meetings, hash through it, it, be more efficient and sort of just amp the stress level down a little bit. I I don't see a lot of collaboration. I think largely because it's hard to make money in the industry. I was going to say you're splitting the project. You're splitting the project. But I think if you can be more efficient and you can get more done with someone, if you split the stress too, Mm -hmm. it's really a huge benefit. Mm. That's a, a really that's good a very point. good point. I, and the other, th- I bring the analogy to like a photo shoot. You know, I have one too. Right. When you first get started, like you never know. You know, you can hold a camera and you can talk yeah. to people, but you never know. Like, are you really going to be able to connect with them? Maybe there's two kids, you know, it's all <laughs> right. these things. You're and, like, what the heck? But this is like a whole nother grand scale of that. Like, I'm out of there in an hour no matter what. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are like right. roped in. And like, if you do commit to like a relationship with your client, it could be something that's not easy to get out of at, at a certain point. No. I can imagine. And No, exactly. Uh, you and have a relationship. You have a relationship. But yeah. there's also the sense that, you know, not every project is done to your taste like you don't want to photograph everything when you're done so you haven't even got the reward of saying my gosh this is beautiful so the Mm. the really the goal is we just need to make it better for them 
The client wants us to make it better. They want to make fewer mistakes. We don't have always the luxury of doing our ultimate design thing, or we don't have the client that shares our taste right. or our ability to see or trust right. us, trusts our vision. So there are all sorts of compromises. Yeah. And I just think we go into this thinking, I'm going to create beauty everywhere, and it's going to have my little handprints all over, yep. and it's going to be fantastic and gorgeous, and it's yeah. so not reality. So No. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's did you know that going point. into the industry or did you have a more like kind of uh, optimistic look at? Well, I think intellectually I knew that, but we are, I'm a complete oh, optimist. Yeah. Oh, I go yeah. into every project oh, yeah. thinking, oh yeah, this one's going to really sing. And then, you know, you're like, um, I'm going to have to compromise a lot yeah. on this one. Yeah. So I'm not photographing this one, but let's get paid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and let's continue to have fun and let's make their life better. I always, I always say there are some jobs that just pay the bills. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. we all know that. I think creatives mm -hmm. particularly know that not every project is going to be either their favorite or going to be um, their masterpiece, if you will. But there are some that just pay the, the bills. Mm -hmm. How many know? masterpieces do you have? Yeah, what's that have, balance? Like? I don't have any. Oh, come on. <laughs> what's like a project that you're proud about and why? Okay, so I always say the best projects are the best clients. So uh, such a, I love that it's, line. It's always, it's always the best clients. Those are the clients that trust you. Mm -hmm. They're the clients that hold up their end of the bargain, <laughs> meaning... They trust you, but they also pay their bills on time. Uh -huh. If you ask them to I go research, and yeah. uh, no, <laughs> I love it when people pay their bills on time. Yeah. It, re it really it eliminates the stress, and it, shows, and it respect. shows respect. The other respect thing is showing up to your meetings on time, being respectful of the team in terms of do they have another meeting? Are we meeting too long? Are we prepared? Did we do what we said we were going to do? Not just expect the people that we've hired to do what they're supposed to do, but if like I've asked a client to go look at a particular house that's down the street or to maybe look online at a light fixture or an appliance that I specifically told them to look at, I want them to come to the meeting doing that too. So when the clients do that and they are really good clients, you have great outcome. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes maybe the outcome is not always the masterpieces we just said, but you enjoy the project yeah. and you enjoy helping them and you enjoy the process and you always learn and it's just it's and you're happy such, when they call again yes, for the next and you're project. so happy and you Maybe usually, their friends are also good people. That's yeah. exactly yes. what you yes. are looking for as mm -hmm. a, as a referral kind of mm -hmm program that is usually what how we get our next jobs mm -hmm. is is I always go oh that's a referral from that client good one and I'm going to give it extra consideration mm -hmm. versus one that maybe the client wasn't as good of you know a client to work with or what have you so I always say that first and foremost and so the project maybe or projects that I'm really proud of I Still to this day, I'm in contact with those clients. I, I, I would never, ever, ever turn them down if they called me again. And the three or four that I can think of have. I've worked on multiple projects for them. So, um, yeah, it's usually, it's usually a good relationship with the client. Almost always. Almost mm. always. 
you mentioned earlier, unless you've got something to add, Annie. Uh, I, the only thing that I would add is I, I'm really proud of a, of a job that I actually... Struggled? No, oh. I didn't struggle. I actually kind of got kicked off of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Struggle. You did it's such a, a good job they didn't need you anymore? Or what happened? No, I, no <laughs> so the struggle great. was that they didn't trust. And it was oh, one of those where the oh. client had a male had a girlfriend yeah and the girlfriend kind of queered the whole mm. deal and mm. you can't take that personally i'm really proud of that job hmm. we that's did really good stuff and um it's just how it ended that's kind of interesting. it did it and pretty and yet i'm really <laughs> proud of it you're like it still looks really good yeah sometimes you are proud of the jobs that you've struggled through because you did you were resilient you know yeah. you persevered and you still elevated and and made that project Far better than it would have been had you not been on the job, but um, and most my, of the and time, I, I think we're both working on our masterpieces, which are our own homes. Like um, that's the only masterpiece I can create. That's to, the most important one, probably, right? Well, I yeah, that's so. actually yeah. a really a really good a really good point. Yeah. Is that yeah, your masterpiece should be the one that you're actually in. It's going to take a long time, but I think it was Stephanie Climel was like, yeah, I think she's like, yeah, my husband will go on a, like a business trip for a week. He'll come back and the whole house will be <gasps> reorganized. Or re, oh yeah. Redone. Totally just flipped around. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so fun. I love that. So talk to me about, I want to know like the specifics of how like your businesses work. Are you like the sole people that run it? Has it always been that way? Like, do you each have your own businesses? And mm -hmm. cause I have a little bit of context, like interviewing yeah. these um, interior designers understanding just talk me through like the process of like meeting a, cl a potential client to closing it just give me the, the high level kind of I, I think you can know pretty quickly whether you want to work with someone it has to be a fit and and it's one Chemistry, way yeah, yeah and I, I use that word all the time all the time I mean like ad nauseum like um <laughs> Why don't we meet and see if we're a fit? We're or a if fit. you're if you've worked for a few months and it's just not coming together, you know, I just don't think we're a fit mm -hmm. because this is a luxury business and it should be fun and we should really be firing on all cylinders. So, you know, but I I think as you've done this enough, you kind of figure that out. There have been a few mm -hmm. surprises along the way, or maybe you know something happens in your client's relationship with their husband or wife and so then all of a sudden the job's off or that happens you can't predict that no. but um i do think you get your little radar gets more attuned to whom you should select and not and you can also afford to be more selective that's like, what i was gonna ask yes. early in your career you don't have you the can't. luxury oh i was such a prostitute <laughs> i was i did everything i did everything i did everything i did everything Two hundred dollars for like eight hours of work. Like, yeah, sign like, me so up. What, yeah. yeah, me too. I paid to paint for the exterior of metal buildings. I mean, I was. So I cleaned up. <laughs> I cleaned out someone's wood shop. You did not. And I remember he was so proud of every single piece of wood that we had to move it into oh storage because we were creating the basement into a living space. And I remember calling my dad and saying, "Thank you so much for my expensive education because I am now." Cleaning up wood and oh vacuuming them up. That's a story. Yeah, spiders <laughs> and sawdust. It's really brilliant, Dad. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I no, I that. did everything. I, I did yeah, everything. Yeah. Well, when it's like just.
just you. You show up to the house and there's, you don't have an extra hand or no, something. No, you to have nothing. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a real estate agent. Often, yeah. like it seems like this glamorous job. On and the you're outside, like signing the deals. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Clients, but so laborious. You show up and yeah, these people are. Well, brushing if you off. like to work mm-hmm. and you and you don't mind hard labor, which I don't, I'm not scared of Me it. Either. You're like, oh, Never I'll do happened. that. Let's do it. Let's do it together, and I'll get the clients in there. And we worked hard. I don't. I don't do that so much. Yeah, I don't do that well, anymore. That's, that's again that's that that aging process. No, but, but you will do pretty much anything yeah. for a few hundred dollars. Do you think that's a good mindset to have? And like, when do you know to start like being more selective? So I think in a, in a recession, you better do whatever it takes. That's right. And to adapt. Pay the bills. And adapt. And this is really adapt, key adapt, adapt. in the next decade because of what's going on. We're going to have a pretty much, a, we're going to have a number of years of adapting mm-hmm. unless you're yes, already set in your career. Mm-hmm. So I would say from like an interior design perspective, you can help them purge their closets. You can do organization for them oh, to make, a, yeah. you can make some good money mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. And they'll be happy to pay you for your help rather than because the projects get smaller Right, you know, it's just inevitable. There's this constriction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say yes, but I also think if you're if it's not a depression or a recession, then you should be mindful of respecting your talent and also how they're going to view you um, because it's a difficult job to gain credibility and it respect. Is. It's a very difficult job. They want to see you a little bit stupid. Mm-hmm. They think you're kind of stupid and mm-hmm. all you can do is pick colors. Mm-hmm. They don't know what you know. Right. And so that you I, went to law school, for example. Well, <laughs> or, aside from law school, or, the no, fact yeah, that you right. understand construction and proportion. Right. And then, yeah. And you can talk the to the process. architect, even though maybe you haven't been at the from the ground up, but you mm-hmm. can see something's off. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's a lot to an eye mm-hmm. that isn't from schooling. And so I think and a lot of people don't have that. And so Oh my gosh, yes. You need to be compensated for what you need your to skill be, is. Yeah. And so if you're cleaning out the closet, they might not view you as right. the person with the most brilliant eye. My worst mm-hmm. experiences with clients are always the ones when it's like I'm giving away my time basically. That's right. It's like, hey, just pay me a little bit. This is a friend or someone. And it's just like then they're you're dragging getting your feet dragged over like so I've had clients true. literally tell me telling me how to frame shots on shoots oh and I'm gosh. like why am I here like I mean, yeah. seriously if you had the you have a camera on your phone just start seriously doing, just, just go to town yeah. dude it, such seriously. a good point though like it's a balance between like yeah you want to take the jobs but if mm-hmm. you just start taking anything that walks no then, and if you don't value your time they take advantage of you will. and then and the respect doesn't come yep. and I think so it's true. so easy when you're in on an hourly for example to give away to mm-hmm. give yourself away. It's very you hard. Care. You, you, you care. care That's exactly yeah. right. And then I also think That's a little bit of that, that little fraud thing, or I don't have mm-hmm. that much experience, so I'll give them this hour. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, at some point, when you're running around like a crazy person, you realize that there's this, this you have an aha moment where you're like, I need help, so you bring on assistance to help you, or I need to quit taking on these jobs because they're not as profitable as the other jobs that I really 
am good at and I really want to do. So there's at some point where you just, you get overwhelmed by so much because you've got so much going on, you've accepted too much and you're, you're just, you're just going kind of almost in a, a rat wheel that you have that aha moment and you go, That's I've got to change something. Well, and as a sole proprietor, to, yeah. as a sole proprietor, and you know this, it's very easy to be overwhelmed, right? Because oh, you don't have the resources. So you've got to look at the economic efficiencies Correct. of what you can take on. The business side has to kick in at Because some it's point. a very fine little mm-hmm. balancing act there. It sure mm-hmm. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you start doing the mental math real quick on like, is right. it working out? And then you start... Right now, I just paid my taxes. You yes, know, it's like all know, these like, different oh things gosh. that you yes. don't have to worry about as a yes. normal employee. Yeah. 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 No, being a normal employee is cushy. You get the paycheck every two weeks. <laughs> the you know, there's yeah. something to be said for that. That's and right. it's one of the things with my daughter's thing, you know, wanting to do design is like, go work for somebody. Let's just, let's just have you have that comfort level and security mm-hmm. of the paycheck and the benefits mm-hmm. because this is. This is tough. This is tough. Mm-hmm. This is tough. Yeah. It's it's a totally it's a totally different different world, you know. It can be very scary <laughs> at times. I think that's so true. And I think it that's one of the other things I love about our podcast is we tell it like it is. This is a hard business. This is a scary yep. business. Yep. This is not gonna be fun. This is what happens. You know, you've got to show the reality of it. It's not mm-hmm. pretty. Behind the scenes. Yeah. We got some behind the scenes oh, shooting right now. Some behind the scenes shooting. I like that. Hey. Am I, in the, am I making it in? <laughs> You're making you it look in. Good. You look good. Hmm. This is always fun. This is fun. This is super fun and a lot going on. So I'm, I'm glad this is working out. Hopefully everything yeah. comes together. So tell us a little <laughs> bit for our listeners, because yeah. we're going to like cross promote or cross Wait, I don't know. Put this out there in the universe. I'm going to make this Tell episode us. and you guys can have it for your podcast I, as well. It'll be I know, but we want to know about yours. And our listeners yeah, are going to want to know about your podcast. For sure. I'll Let's give you talk a, it up a minute. Here. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I grew up on this little island. I was always into sports. And, there you go. Um, yeah, that's kind yeah, of my childhood is basketball, you know. So I love that. when high school basketball ended, I was at this point where I was like, oh, I don't really know who I am. Like I'm going to business school. I didn't really have a direction or a path. And I was kind of like, on the, yeah, just this business school path of like, I want to help make an impact on the world in a positive way. Sure. But I saw that as something like way down the road. Once I have established myself in the business world, it's kind of right. where my mind right. was at. Like yeah. right. 19, 18 years old. Um, and then I was in college and I had a professor who just really inspired me to think about filmmaking and writing as a viable path because he saw how passionate I was about those topics. Like I would show up to class and actually have done the homework, <laughs> asking questions, super engaged. You like were, here we are. Yeah, you're really like, into stuff it. Stuff like this when you're in the moment and enjoying it versus like and sitting here. through accounting class for me, it was like pulling teeth. Oh, I was struggling sure. to get C's and I was with all these kids that were just like wanting to be Wall Street bankers. And, yeah. Um, that, was like that was for them, them for sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yes, yeah, I picked up a camera in 2017, started calling myself a photographer. Yeah. Just got myself some business cards. Yeah. Good. Um, I love yeah, just, that. I've always had like kind of the entrepreneurial knack. So like starting things for me is pretty easy. I started a health and fitness club, a car detailing business and a Gosh, landscaping business yeah it just kind of naturally happens I naturally go away from the internships and stuff although I have had one 
like professional consulting internship. And it's in your DNA. Yeah, it is. And so yeah. I, um, I know that for myself and I know a lot of right. other people that are just trying to find their own path. They don't necessarily share that like knack for being like totally on your own. Like it sounds like you guys kind of both have that as well, but you've filled in the gaps. Like I need that yep. sauna time with my friend where we're just talking about yeah. the challenges we went yeah. through. Like we've got totally different businesses, but this is something that I haven't done in a year or so. But my buddy, we used to always just kind of like talk about the mindset that we have, especially early in your career. Like he was hundred percent commission job selling life insurance. So Ouch. I was working on, I was doing my video editing stuff, just head down. He was doing his life insurance stuff. So we'd be just heads down all day long on our own grinding. And then we'd come share together. So that's a long that's way of important. just saying, I, I'm kind of at this place where I have a full-time job editing three podcasts a week for a company wow. called creative live. And then I listen to a shit ton of podcasts and then yeah. I make my own podcast. So like a, a lot of my life now is revolving around podcasting. I right love on. the film stuff. I'm actually finishing editing a film like in the next two weeks or so that I've worked on for more than a year with a couple friends um, about cool. skiing and creating a life that revolves around the outdoors. So oh. that's a high level on it. me. That's um, fun. I just love filling my days with things that I'm passionate about that are also productive and maybe my someone else who like I, there's some people that listen to all these episodes now right and uh i just love when they reach out to me and say like hey i got some value out of this and for sure there's a ton of value in our conversation so far so oh yeah i love oh, sitting good. here just Thank chatting you. and having yeah. conversation but also like getting under like inside your head a little bit and understanding i just think there's um th because that's your outlook on life and right. i mean there we all have so much in common yeah and i i do. appreciate that about that dna aspect where you're willing to take the risk and go out on your own and that's just not true of everyone mm -mm. but recognizing that and then actually creating something my husband says this to me a lot because he kind of has his own business He's in the finance world but it's you your know, own business. It's your own business, yeah. but yes. you're within a construct. Yeah. And whenever I am sort of self-defeating or saying I haven't created anything, he's like, babe, you've done every single step by yourself. Like you've created all of it. Like yeah. I walk into an office, the framework's there, the receptionist is there, the phones are there. Mm -hmm. Like you, you know, the, the person that pays the bills is there. It's all there. And it's a, it's a different thing when it's your own gig. It is. And you, you have to be ready for that. I love, I love your podcast idea that you're just talking to people so with the same energy. Storytelling. Yeah. Talk, it's so broad. It's just like, what are you passionate? It's talking to people what they're passionate yeah, about. And I talked to a paraglider software developer, uh, was the last two podcasts cool. ago. And, um, yeah, you, you it's super illuminating for me. You get nuggets from those people. And, and I yeah. also think you, I, I just, I like your energy because I think like, I, I like to bring a little sunshine yeah. and I, I, I feel reflecting that off my red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. It's all that's good. Bringing some sunshine to people's lives. Do you still life. do photography? Yes, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing a, a real and estate How I'm going out to Sammamish. Mm. I fly the drone. I walk through the house. I do Okay, videos. we need to know this. Um, so I, awesome. I, I, yeah, I do, um, like videos for small businesses. I started mm -hmm. with real estate photography, like professionally, how I got started was right. I showed up to a networking group that my friend who's the insurance uh, life insurance guy was in. He yeah. said, Hey, that we got an open seat for photographer. And I was like, I'll check it out free. He paid my $5 dues. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up and I was like, okay, everyone's giving their little marketing speech going around the table. People are saying, I'm the electrician. I do this and you know, count on me for your insurance or what everyone has their little tagline. Yeah. So yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. I was still in college at the time. So I would literally go to the networking group before class 
pitch my business as a photographer. I, I remember I was like, hey, I'm a photographer and I do real estate specifically <laughs> and portraits. And I was doing like $50 headshots at the time. So no like way. meet me at the park, you give you three photos for 50 bucks. It's like literally handing out photographs. Like, oh yeah, you just are. Just getting experience, I mean, meeting people. You've got it. Totally. And uh, I then just, I met Michi, who's, I don't know if you've ever met Michi Suzuki. She's a PR um, person and works with Seattle, has worked with Seattle Design Center, works yes. with a lot of different clients in Seattle restaurants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I met her and she started introducing me to like different people, like Seattle Design Center, like Heritage and uh-huh. Stephanie. So uh-huh. yeah, I just saw it's how starting like, to- I, I got my foot in the door in this like area that wasn't really for me like real estate photography not really my thing right I wanted to be more in like outdoor filmmaking yeah now I've found found this like podcasting which is kind of in the middle of storytelling and I can talk about anything and not necessarily be like boxed into yeah I love that right the podcast for me is actually similar to what it is for you as Uh just like an outlet to get all those other ideas stress-free outlets fun Mm -hmm. it invigorates us no pressure yeah Yeah. Yeah. I've really I've loved it it does feel good and particularly this year because I pulled back a little bit on work because my little health journey and I just look forward to this uh, every week. I know. We, we're we're time. I'm the same way. I'm yeah. like, oh, we get to get together. We're yes. always like texting each other. Okay, I'll see you in two days. Okay. Yes. And you've been doing it over the phone? Um, no, we're, we're like sitting together yeah, every yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We never to, have done it over the Skype or anything we, like that. No. It's a different beast. Remote. I wouldn't no, recommend it. remote yeah. podcasts and they were okay. They were okay. We did it because we were in a little bit of a panic because we had a technical glitch. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I won't that go happens. there. But um, <laughs> but we really enjoyed the sitting and and communicating to one another, and it gets recorded. I mean, that's you know it's we are we are putting something out there for the listeners. It is intentional, but we get so much out yeah. of it that we're like it's a win win no matter what. I love it. It makes me feel like I'm still really uh, a big part of the business, too. Oh, gosh. Even though I've pulled back a little bit for a little bit of time, I feel like You're I'm still, still in design and in current in industry. Because yes. it feels very current, yeah. you know, yeah. because we share our little stories. And oh she has gosh. more than I do right now. But, but no, we do a flashback, <laughs> too, and that's kind of funny, mm-hmm. you know, where we talk mm-hmm. about where we've had past experiences. I, did, I, did, I wish we had a confession every episode. We I don't was always, about to ask. Oh, my gosh. We always have a confession. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Give me an example of one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I confessed once that uh, I had... A client, and I'd had a piece of artwork. Do you remember this one? And it had gone to the framer, and the framer was a little dodgy. Very talented, but dodgy. (laughs) And I went to pick it up, and he wasn't there. And so I went back to his workspace, and there was a big leak in the roof, and it had fallen on this this expensive watercolor. And so I carefully took it, dabbed up the wet parts, and then I took it home, and I sort of recreated it in the style of this artist and it was a bit of a conundrum and that's a huge confession that i didn't tell the client (laughs) yeah i know so it was sort of like an annie lundquist this artist collaboration Uh, but my thought did process. Did you sign it on the back? I did not sign it. No, 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 God forbid. But I, my, my thought process was, oh what is the best outcome for the client? And I think you always have to think about that. Yeah, and I, and I, I really pondered it because it was a bit of a moral quandary. And, um, and this, this client is 
is unfortunately the loveliest gal and she's deceased now so i can tell the story that's oh, <laughs> um, real i know it's very real so this is this was probably my biggest confession yeah, I yeah. Think. Yeah. um and 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 i think i made the right decision because the piece looked like it hadn't been altered yeah and they were thrilled with the framing. Yeah, it looked great. And, and that's what no, you're yeah. supposed to provide for them. Right. The whole thing. Yeah, but yeah. it was scary. I believe. I mean, it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and, 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 and let me be clear. This art, it was an expensive piece, but it was a sketch. Okay. It, and it was not a Renoir or a Moon. You know, no, wasn't like no, it wasn't thing. like it was no, like no, a no. fine art piece. That that would have been you knew how to adjust it. She brought it. the watercolor back to life. She did. I did. It wasn't fully damaged. I mean, let me be clear. I was you know, just cleaning up a little bit. Yeah, she still had to. She still had to. Mm. You know, work mm -hmm. on it. I had to get my watercolors out. I mean, which I'm oh not. A, I do gosh. not watercolor. Let's Watercoloring is super hard. It's very so hard. It is so intimidating. Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a serious confession but right there. But I mean, there. we have little confessions like that. Sometimes yeah. they're just little ones. Sometimes they're just little ones, um, but the big ones are kind of fun. They're really fun. <laughs> they're really fun. I, I actually they really... They make you feel better. They make you feel better getting them off your chest. Yeah, they like, do. The like, other I just one, told it all. The I other one I still feel good about saying was the one time that I painted the client's house peach. Peach. <laughs> What do you mean? So funny. So the the client had me, and it was a so really funny. little job. I literally was just consulting on paint, and I was having this wacky time because I was pregnant with color. Like my my, I have a great eye for color, but it was completely skewed. Oh. And I, she had some fabric with some peach in it, and I was like, well, let's just take that pretty little color out, and we'll just put. She painted the whole house peach, and it was for resale. Oh. Yeah. So that the second, and then we knew the buyers coming in, and the first oh. thing they did was repaint that damn thing oh. at huge expense it yeah. was the, i still yeah. feel sick about it it was like a band-aid it looked like a band-aid color everywhere we like, all so. have those though. oh i don't think so oh i don't think so. oh we no all have no those. we all have those oh Ugh. my gosh i had one car detail client where we would use a pressure washer yeah. on like the cracks between the doors you know uh oh oh when you leave a car bad. i learned when you leave a car outside for years and years and years that Washington like moss yes. that comes and just gets in the cracks. It actually weakens the paint. So oh. I took the I took you the pressure washer on it. and I just saw this line of paint <gasps> chip off the back of the car, right kind of at the top of the truck. Like it was like a Lexus SUV. Oh my goodness! And I just I looked at it. I said, you know, if we close this door, they're It'll never going to see fine. it. And I, you mean, just I don't even to, know who that client is. You yeah. You're like, that's a big confession. Thank big you for confession. that. Yeah. I feel yeah. better. Do you yeah. feel better? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never really yeah. let that yeah. off my yeah. chest before. Like, but as soon as I said it, I was like, better, ooh, that could come on back. Like, it's all good. <laughs> it's, too, it's all good. Four years, five years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Small stuff happens though. And then you get the clients that like will try to pin stuff on you. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I've had some weird situations. Oh yeah. Yes. And you're like, I really, I promise, I really didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, I had someone cut me in line yesterday at the at Dick's Burgers. Yeah. Yeah, my friend and I had our bikes. We're standing in line. I don't know why the story just yeah, came up. This but no. woman, this girl comes in front of us and I'm like, hey, like, what's up? Like, the line goes like this and she just like had this emotional kind of reaction. Oh. Like, we, I was here first. I was like, no, no, it's all, we just watched you walk up. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh it's my funny gosh. Stuff happens Isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah. I think that's just a sign of the times right now. Everyone's so everybody's on edge. Everybody is sure. on That's why edge. this is so healthy. Like, my conversations are like therapy these days. <gasps> I mean, seriously. Share good energy and put something out there that's good. And, seriously, yeah, it's yeah. so important. I mean, we, we are humans and 
and we're supposed to engage and interact with one another and we just there hasn't been enough of that going on no not with a big enough bubble the bubbles are really small yeah, yeah I know. seriously are, yeah. oh so my gosh i, I want to know how you guys are adapting your businesses given the recent no oh, great question things like yeah what are you doing to kind of so i am doing a few zoom skype mm-hmm. um calls where they show me around their master bath or That's something because hard it's it's not really? hard initially, but when you start to pull the materials together, you need to see it in C two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I'm finding that they they will open the door, but they need the confidence that you, you they will ask some specific questions depending on the clients, you know. Yeah. And we mask About like how up. big your circle is or what. Yeah, like, or have yeah. you traveled a lot, or uh-huh. you know, are you healthy? And obviously. Since I'm immune compromised, I'm pretty careful too you're right now. You're very careful, yeah. So I can give them the confidence they need. Well, you're not going to get it from me because I'm not good. Right. So um, that has been a little bit of a change. And then that that is just uh, independent with each client, how stressed how they, they, yes, how how they are. How stressed they are and, and how all, they react. And that's the thing is... That's always, I think, going to be different in the next few years moving forward is you've got to ask those questions. Just be straight mm-hmm. up. Yep. Yeah. Just be straight yeah. up. You probably are finding that yeah. too with your I haven't stuff. done too many. I've done just a few like real estate projects. So I okay. haven't done actually any like projects where I'm sitting down with clients. Uh, I, I got reached out to on one by like a food company. They wanted to bring their, um, what was it? Like they wanted to have like a food tasting virtually. Because all their, all, oh. they, they were going to do like a food tasting in that's person, bizarre. but then they couldn't, it, they couldn't, it fell through, bizarre. but they were very, um, kind of strict on like, we're going to have everything kind of up to par. And that was before everyone was wearing a mask. So wearing a mask was not like right, a, yeah. one of the check marks at that I'm time. I'm telling you what, but. I hate wearing that mask. <laughs> I know, that's a struggle. It's yeah. a struggle, it, particularly with the warmer weather now. I'm on mm. construction sites a Oof. lot. And I have classes, and I have to have the classes. And the construction to see. guys wear them, because um, yeah, well, they do. Do they? Wow. It depends on who <laughs> who the builder and who the client is, uh-huh. and and that's why back to what Annie just said, you have to inquire and you have to. It I mask up if I'm asked. Mm-hmm. Um, if I see that others are not wearing their mask, there is no way I'm putting on a mask. I don't. I, you know, we keep our distance. We're outdoors mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, I'm noticing though that it's quite difficult when we have to go to the showrooms because a lot of the showrooms are appointment only. And if they're appointment only, sometimes you don't even know during your creative process, you've walked in, you've found this piece of fabric or you found this tile and you realize, oh, the one I really wanted was over at this showroom Ah, over here. I can't go to that showroom because they're appointment only. Mm. And so I have to either call and make an appointment to stop in or I have to go another day. So it's taken me longer to get projects done and it's a little frustrating for clients Although I do think the projects are moving, some projects are moving kind of slow because they're tippy-toeing into it and others are, I'm putting my foot on the gas because I think that there's going to either be another situation where we're shut down more or I just want to be done with this so that when and if something were to reoccur, I'm done. I'm in the comfort of my new space and all is well. But I'm finding that's taking longer. And I'm finding that each person is individual as to how they want you to handle it. But yeah. I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls too. But I think that uh, as know. an industry, because we work in these small little groups, we're being much less affected than 
then others like people that you know, work in agree. like a bigger organization a big 20 well, something firm well even that but even outside firm. of our industry you know like oh, my friend who's saying. a she she's a executive director of cystic fibrosis like yes. they can't even hold their events for fundraising i know so, which is so i tough. mean that's a complete discombobulation of what discombobulation yeah, yeah. yeah. we're we don't have that disproportionately kind of it affects people for sure yes. it is yeah. so. it is and when you're in like such a personal business like yeah, it's uh we can kind of keep tough. plugging. We away. can kind of keep plugging and I chose to do that like um when we were on major lockdown shutdown everybody was like, oh. mm-hmm. I ended up going to a house that there was one tile setter, nobody else on the job, but he needed an answer on how we were going to lay something out and I went mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, and we, we were distance and nobody else knew. I mean, like I snuck in. <laughs> I didn't want the neighbors to see. I didn't want like some Karen going, "Oh my gosh, they're working on a job yeah. site." But he was the only one there, the only one working. I didn't want to, you know, like cause a riff or anything. And then I kept, I kept working on projects and I kept reaching out to clients and kept, because for every, every client or every time that I decided not to work, I sat there and I was like, but this affects the upholster. This affects the showroom. This affects the tile setter. This affects the electrician. I need to keep going so that all these other trades are not completely shut down too. I just hit that thing. I can hear it. Okay. I know. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) We get in trouble by Chris when that happens. I'm listening live. So if anything's going too south, Oh, you're going to say something. I can hear it. Yeah. We were listening to those lawnmowers earlier. Sorry about that. I went bang. Um, but yeah, it's definitely changed, but I think we can keep plugging. Yeah. And then the one thing I'll say, just in case someone doesn't know what how Seattle Design Center looks, there's all these different showrooms. Correct. Kind of like a little mall for just design. Yeah, it is. So you have yeah, like a little mall. Tile, Big building. windows, Good like point. upholstery. So just for someone who's less yeah, knowledgeable. Yeah, someone that so doesn't it, know what totally that looks now, like. Yeah. When I interviewed all the designers about Seattle Design Center, they're all talking about how great it is to have a team of people that they can just poke their head in, ask a question, and um, that sounds that, like the rug's been pulled out a little the bit. The availability that. of that is, a little, is uh-huh. a little different now. Uh-huh. Um, and, and now they are, the showrooms do have their doors open, but they do have limited staff. They do have, um, you know, obviously the in-place in processes mm-hmm. for you know, well, what I called a tile showroom recently that's not in the design center, and they said, um, we'll call you back in two hours with oh, an gosh, appointment yes. time. And I said, thank you very much. And that wasn't going to work because I was already en route and I had to get a sample. Yes. So, you know, serendipitously, someone that I knew that worked there was coming out of the showroom right when You're I arrived. Like, can you give me that sample? So- I said, okay, can I be your client? Can you take me in? Because you have to, yeah. And she was like, great, let's do it. And we just ran in, ran out. But, um, it takes a little bit of, uh, the efficiency away from your day. For sure. Really? But other than that, I, we can't really complain. No, we're able to still, at least we're working. Yeah. We're still working and we're still helping people. And yeah. yeah. Has your strategy or like thought process shifted at all? Like I know a lot of people are reassessing like, 
this is a time to reassess and reevaluate for sure for a lot of people. Are you guys just plugging away the way you've been going? And I know you've had some health stuff, so. Um, from a business standpoint, I just see the, the, that people are reassessing in terms of the size of their projects, which is independent of me. Um, I would say from a personal standpoint in our own home that because we've been home more, we want to get stuff done. Like we're like, let's finally finish that and let's do living differently. I see a lot of rooms. I have a lot of friends who are adapting to working at home. So they need a home office. So there's a lot of, uh, changes in terms of lifestyle. Yeah. My husband's working from home a lot and I expect that honestly to continue, even though he has a lovely office, (laughs) (laughs) um, downtown Seattle. Uh, I think that he probably won't go in as often. And I think that's a a very, uh, that's a similar story that's happening with lots of clients. that or is that yes that yeah. works for us i love having him yeah. they have him a big home. house we do uh, we we have space. the luxury of space which is That's nice great. you can yeah. find some dixie has a different situation in that her she and her husband work at home and they have a loft like environment so it's hard to get quiet privacy <laughs> and we are challenged they're challenged and the other day i came in and she said okay we are at each other's throats jay and i yes, yes. <laughs> just because so, yeah. you know we we have a much smaller home than than annie has and and ours is a very open plan and it's you know tall ceilings, echo central, whatever, and never intended for my husband to work from home. Mm-hmm. My studio is now in the home, but it, but it still was never intended for there to be two yeah. of us. And so it's been a challenge. And we kind of looked at each other the other day and we were kind of like, okay, how mm-hmm. are we, if he really does have to stay in the house and work from home from here on out, how are we going to make the adjustment because we're going to need to find a designated spot for him. Well, I'm noticing this with clients as well. Former clients are calling me. Their spaces are done. They weren't planning on working from home. And now they're like, we need to figure out what we're going to do with this guest bedroom. We think it's going to have to be so-and-so's office now, Mm -hmm. you know, or we're looking to kind of shift some furniture around so that he's off the dining table. I'm tired of him being on the dining table. Or I've got a couple of my um, best clients that, that, you know, are attorneys for big companies and they're having to work from home. And it's funny because one of them ordered a stair runner that she has been putting off for a year and a half. Hmm. And she finally ordered it because she's been going up and down the stairs and she's like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm slipping, my dog's slipping. The little carpet that goes down the stairs. The carpet that goes, yep, And you have to staple it in. Exactly. And then I had another client who said, "Uh, I need to order that headboard because I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls and I'm actually taking them from my bedroom because I'm having to do them so much earlier Mm. for the East Coast that I'm just staying in my bedroom and just doing them from there. So... It is changing people. I don't know how that person does that. I, 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 I cannot sit in bed and do it. Well, I couldn't either. I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she's just like, I'm sitting here doing Zoom. And, yeah, that's you the know, reality. Yeah, I, yeah. And I need my headboard, you know. So she in her pajamas? No. I just think that she's trying to find a quiet place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and they don't, have, they don't have an office either in their house. And I think she's going up to their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then it looks and crummy. Because there's no, exactly yeah, I get that. in front of the headboard yeah. and doing her zoom on her laptop yeah 
crazy. So, you know, that's kind of happening. You know, there's there's definitely changes happening. Um, I don't know if that trend will continue or not or what, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, resilience, you mentioned it. Gotta have it. Both of you have it. Adaptability. Sure. Gotta have it. Yeah. Adaptability. Yeah. I'm not hearing money complaints and mostly solutions, yeah. so that's... I think that 99%, maybe 98% if I, uh, of this business, whether we're in this funny little world we are now or not, is, mm-hmm. is problem solving. So problem a solving. huge part of our a business is a little solving. tiny bit of absolute creativity and the rest is just we need to solve that Solving problem that and that problem. problem and that problem. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. a lot of designers refer to themselves as problem solvers. I love problems. I do too. Yeah. That's ultimately what... It all, what it is like for example these microphones and cameras <laughs> yeah. like when I found out there was going to be three of us I yeah. just like oh, okay yeah. it's creative because you have to Let's create the it. solution but it's exactly. a problem that you're solving yeah totally exactly I'm always no, working you, under constraints yeah and you you weren't the least bit uh, no, that didn't bother him. No, I, I, I kind of had a feeling. I had a feeling there might be uh, yeah. three of us, but yeah. I, I just totally spaced. I was got it. But it worked. I mean, oh we rolled with the punches, <laughs> and it, it's worked it was, out great. Yeah, yeah. Great. I'm it was so really fun to here. talk to you. I have. So we, we're a little past an hour and a half, yeah. so oh, it's been whoa. a while. Yeah. Holy cow! Long conversation. We can talk forever. But before, I want to ask one question that I've asked in every single podcast. But before that. If you're like an interior designer, I don't know if I specifically have asked this, but maybe each of you might have an idea. Like, let's say right now, 2020, both your business, you're in your 20s and neither of you have started your business, Mm -hmm. but you still want to get into this industry. How would you approach that? What would be some of the first steps that you would take? Would it be different than what you did 20 years ago? It'd be different. Oh, yeah. How would you, how would you do it? Well, for one, there's so much social media that you can do to kind of get your name out there that we didn't have 25 years ago. I didn't even have an iPhone. I mean, you know, there's none of that. So I would encourage, um, you know, anybody that's new into their field to put out there what they want. So put, even if you're giving credit to another designer or another Put out on the work Facebook that you want to create or, yeah. or Instagram the that. type of work that you want to bring to you. So if your style is traditional or you really love mid-century modern or whatever it is, mm-hmm. put that out there in the universe as that's what you want to bring back to you. And and just engross yourself. Is that a word, engross? Is that a word, Annie? Yes, just, I just don't know this. Gross, consume yeah. yourself. Yeah. Consume yourself or just be completely <laughs> immersed. Immersed. That's the Immersed. Immersed in, in as much knowledge as you can gain. And, and even though you may have gone to school, self-educate, um, just and, and get yourself out there as much as you can. Be the sponge and try to get as much experience as you can. I think the social media part is the one thing that we didn't have that is a huge tool now. And I actually, it's interesting because as we follow designers on Design Salvation Podcast, for example, because we're trying to grow a following, I noticed that a lot of people who say, you know, mine's Anne Lundquist Design and Dixie Stark Interiors, if they have designer interiors after their thing, a lot of them aren't utilizing Instagram, for example, well at all. And it's the 
perfect platform it for our industry. Platform. Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. It's visual. Yeah, very visual. It is absolutely visual. perfect in our industry yeah. and photography, I'm sure as well. Oh, yeah. I of mean, course. it was created for photography. Of Before course. I was a photographer, I just had an Instagram that I took photos on. and Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's a great point, though, that you made that you don't have to necessarily have a portfolio no, that you're putting you your not. stuff out. Not before now. Before to just start saying, like, this is the type of stuff that I want to do. Beyond exactly. just, like, throwing it into the ether. Because you can... Right. It can be a little bit overwhelming if you post about what you want every day and right. if that's all you do. And I think back yeah. to that theme of, fraud, you know, feeling like a fraud, you might... I think some of the designers feel a little fraudulent putting out other people's work, but honestly, it shows your eye. Mm -hmm. It shows your level uh -huh. of taste. And you don't put it out under your name. You, you say, don't. hey, look at you what this designer credit. did. And you give cool credit. Quote that they right. had and the, or honestly, you're not going to have a portfolio for decades right. that no. can stand alone. Same for right. photography and yes. video. It's really hard to kind of like say to a client, like, hey, this is a video I've done. I've actually had clients where I'm like, hey, I want to do something like this. And Correct. I'll, yeah. Correct. Like, That's a good point. But you know, the the other thing that I did when I was getting started is because I didn't, I worked for other architects and designers. I didn't feel like I could use their work. And this is before all the social media stuff and everything. I did a few projects, Just almost that. like fake, it, yeah. fake projects. Yeah. They were projects. I, I had fictitious clients and I yep. came up with a look and a, a yeah. concept and all that so that I could, Absolutely I could actually have some something in a portfolio yeah. and that's actually really good experience that's great practice so yeah. it's great practice no and i think they should be posting every day every other yes, day really so. flesh it out so it looks like you're you're busy mm -hmm. yes and you are vital and, you and, don't go flat. and mm -hmm. then back to that whole like consistency i think it's really important for anybody that's new in any type of business to get some structure if it means that Monday is this day and, and Tuesday afternoon is, is invoicing day or invoicing time or this is the time I'm going to just research this or I'm going to meet with clients on this day. Structure is one of the best things you can do to kind of keep yourself going yeah. like that little engine that could just keep yourself structured. I think that um, that gives accountability to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, to keep going and, and then the other thing I would do differently is exactly what we talked about in terms of what I admire about you is your technical skills. Oh. Those are so attainable. As are. If you're an armchair designer and you decide you really want to be the real deal, go get those skills. Get them online, learn, whatever. Learn them, start drawing. It's, it's not hard. It's yeah, just not hard. YouTube. It isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, YouTube. Yeah, exactly. yeah. YouTube. Totally. Be resourceful. You mm -hmm. have to be a little scrappy. Scrappy is If you're going to start your business, yeah. no matter what it is. You have, to, you have to be able to do, you know, the elbow work, and you have to be able to research, and you have to be a little brave, and, you know, you have to be scrappy. I like that Love word, it. brave. I think you definitely have to show some courage and say, I can do that even if you not quite sure because yes. you haven't done it right. before you know for sure oh gosh you've done that oh, a yeah, million can, times the like, design what? center they said can you do this i said yeah, yeah. for sure you know? yeah like, great job <laughs> and you it can out, and you yeah. can do it and yeah, you can yeah. of course you can and then when you estimate the number of hours and it ends up being like another double that and you're just sitting there like <laughs> i underestimated this. darn yeah. that's gonna happen forever <laughs> and you can't charge for the learning curve definitely so not that's definitely just the way not. it goes yeah. yeah that's something that you have to be willing to like early on money be can't okay be the number it. one thing. Yeah. No, it cannot. You have to be able, like I was living at my parents' house, so I didn't care about making money at all. I was just mm -hmm. like, okay, let's take Experience. on this project. Experience. I'm going to spend as much time. And now it's like, 
okay, I'm a little more aware. Like I can't just start doing all these yep. $500 videos right. that take me two days. And right. <laughs> no, I can't do that. Yeah. No, yeah. it's uh, at some point you, you have that aha moment mm-hmm. and you go, huh, got to change this or I've got to bump up my pricing or whatever. It yeah. Is. yeah. And I'm exactly. still at a point where I haven't totally reinvented this. Like, like long term, my goals are not, I'm not close to where I want to be. Whereas you guys are probably like looking at, I'm putting words in your mouth, but like you've achieved a goal that you had when you started your career to a degree. Oh and yeah. Right. Like, I heard this oh, quote yeah. recently. It was like, remember when you wanted what you have, something like that. Mm-hmm. Great. And Lovely. I was just like, good one. It's yeah. always good to remember, like, even where I'm at now, like, someone who's at step zero, they look at step one, they're like, oh, that looks nice. And then step two, it's like, oh, I want to get to there. Yeah. It's all about the journey, though, too. So, like, I, I always ask people, like, how do you grow and have ambition in your career while also being, like, patient with the fact that it's going to take a while and you're going to have to have your head down. You're not going to get much, maybe not going to make it very far, very fast. Um, Maybe like talk to me about like how you guys got through some of those lulls where mm-hmm. you're like things are slow. Maybe you're questioning if it was the right path. You gave up a like very promising career in, in law. Did you ever question that? Like how did you get through uh, that time? Or did you even have that happen to you guys? Oh yeah. gosh, yes. I, yes. I can't imagine. Definitely, actually, yes. I can't imagine a career where you don't have a lull, where mm-hmm. you don't question. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I think that's impossible, even if it's your passion, that. because sometimes your passion shouldn't be your work, because it's really not viable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that uh, you go back to virtues, honestly. Mm-hmm. Which are patience, mm-hmm. which uh, I've always said calm is a superpower. Oh, and she's and, so calm. <laughs> I am. And you she's can so teach calm. yourself that. And I think that um, really that structure in your day. And so that is really about um, not diligence. What's the word? You know, oh my god, strategy. It's like a strategy for how to act, like rather than having it is. So it's like you know that thing where you get up and you make your bed every day because that's what you do. I don't do that, but I hear it. I know, (laughs) and I don't always do it either. But I, I love that approach to life when things aren't great. Go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. Go back to the the virtues that you hold dear to you. You know your strengths and your character. Be accountable to yourself and keep plugging away, and then reach out to people who are doing what you want to be doing and even if you just say hey can I come in and talk to you for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. you know I just need an information dump or I just need a little spark of inspiration I love to talk to people who are new in their careers and they don't reach out enough no they don't because they're scared they think that they're imposing they think they're they're imposing and they Mm -hmm. aren't because Uh honestly we have come a long way we we have a huge knowledge bank and we are, we would love to share. Of course. You, you've of just course. shared a ton of yeah. that knowledge. We would yeah. love to share. I just had the other day, someone reached out to me and just said, Hey, can you, can you give me a call? And can I ask you a couple of questions about what you do? I was like, yes, Absolutely. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a little time for that. Sure enough, it slipped through the cracks for a few days now, but maybe yeah. it will happen. Maybe yeah, it will. But I, mean, but I, I think I, that, I really do think that like reaching out to people in an so informational important. way, not like, hey, can I have a job? It's like, no, you no. can't be asking There's, for yeah. anything yes. other than a little knowledge or a little 
a little bump, a little pep talk. Mm-hmm. There's, it's like it's a so pep cool talk. to see someone earlier that's also passionate yes. about what yes. like, you're now doing. And yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, because you come from a sports background. You come from a uh-huh. sports background. You do Dixie. too. I come from an intense sports background. Yes. I love sports. And the fight is there with you. But the thing that we all forget is how much coaching we had. And, Lots and, of coaching. And coaching yes. has gotten really popular again, like life coaches. I'm mm-hmm. thrilled about that because, honestly, we all need that. We all need coaching. And it can be just a little dose that just gets you back on track or gives you the inspiration or the stamina. If you talk to a lot of successful people, they've either had that coach that they that they have employed or engaged or they have a mentor, mm-hmm. a good mentor. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like being a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. I still feel like I have a handful of people that I talk to regularly. That are when mentees. I say regularly, mm-hmm. it's irregular. We don't have mm-hmm. a set, you know, every week or whatever it is. But it doesn't go more than a couple months or so? Oh, never. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Never. Before, you know, I'm talking to them again and telling them something or, you know, whatever. And I still learn from that. I learn things about myself, too. And I'm mentoring them. But I think reaching out and connecting, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just Mm -hmm. connecting. Mm -hmm. And you never know know? what's going to come of it, too. You don't. That's another thing. It's like, oh, why should I reach out to them? They're this, I'm this. And uh, maybe I've had calls where I get on the phone with somebody, I start asking questions. They're like, dude, you're not even close to asking what I'm interested (laughs) in. And I'm like, okay, you're doing like Netflix shows. Like, I don't even want to do that. Why am I? But it's like a lear- it's part of but the learning learn. process. Yeah, you learn. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's so cool. I think there's a ton of value in reaching out I to people. And also mentorship is. at scale is a thing. My boss Chase always talks about this. Oh, like yeah? in social media, you can have mentors without knowing them. Like you yes. can just consume your guys' podcasts. Yes. You can consume uh, Debbie Millman, I think, has Design Matters podcast. Have you heard that one? No, mm-hmm. I haven't. Maybe I got the she name probably wrong. has. Design Matters is the podcast. Design Matters, I heard that. Yeah. And uh, she, she came has. on Creative Live on That's so she fun. teaches some classes and um, I think that's a really good point. So what did you call that? Uh, Mentor at Mentorship scale? at scale. It's ah, not my term for sure. But yeah. it's like with the technology that uh-huh. we have, there's all this great information. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I actually wasn't a consumer of podcasts. And so we started doing one. And then I thought. Now you're addicted. You well, love. I, I don't listen to that, quite that many. I, it goes in phases. Yeah. Like everything. But more I, than I do. I don't know about yeah, that. But do. I will say this. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I've, I've thought to myself. Why have I not been accessing this this amazing free free, free knowledge? It's yeah. everywhere, and it's it's just you've got time. You're cleaning your house. Put it on, right? Like hello, yeah. I know it's pretty miraculous. But that's still totally. being scrappy and resourceful. Yeah, and you have to have that that drive in you. Uh huh. That's what I'm getting at here. Is like, it's one thing just to say like consume it. Like when I was in business school, they used to always say. If you want to be good in business, the number one thing you can do is read the Wall Street Journal. And I was, mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, screw that. Yeah. It's not what I want to do yeah. at all. And now I naturally put on podcasts. Like, actually, for my job, I'll listen to the podcasts while biking or longboarding yep. yes. and moving my body, which is something so I love. You're, yeah, and you're so it, like, active. fires my brain up, and I'm learning as I'm doing other stuff. Wonderful. So cool. I love listening to music so once in a while, but for me, it's like 90% of my, like, my brain, I don't always like to have a podcast going, of course. No. Yeah. But like when I have in that mindset of like laundry or whatever, 
Yeah. I've learned more from podcasting yeah. than I ever learned in school. That's a fact. I know, isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I, and I, love, just, that. I that, love that. That's, you know, technology is and, really catapulted It is really, and, and this is one of the things I always loved about Instagram that really got me started on it was that designers who top designers are accessible mm. they're they there are. they'll respond to yes. you i mean yes. it's amazing it makes the community seem small yes and it does. and and uh, close like the proximity from where it was before where all you had was so because it was just pictures in a book or a magazine yes no all we had were shelter yeah. magazines and the occasional great book yeah now you literally can see Timothy Corrigan restoring his chateau. Yeah. And nice. I don't always agree with him, by the way. <laughs> um, but it's pretty... Fun. Confession. No, confession. Right and, and Timothy's uh-huh. so nice yes, to everybody. He's lovely. He's, a he's lovely. wonderful Instagrammer. He's so personable. Um, but those kinds of things are right there at your fingertips. So have at it. Yeah, seriously. Super I cool. It. I feel like seriously. if you listen to this podcast and you're like on the fence of interior design, then... It's like, you better go just jump in and you make... Just get your There's feet like wet. plenty of steps that can There's be taken so just to things. see if it's for you. you Correct. Know? So better act than... Well, and you know, the thing I've told my daughter, because she's 21 and going to graduate next year. She and interned with me. Yes, she interned with Dixie Ooh, Lucky yeah. Girl. She's cool. Very cool. I and feel the cool one. Yeah. <laughs> cool no. Really kid. But I, you know, she's going to need to come out and get a job so she can support herself. But design can be a side hustle. Until? Until you can Mm -hmm. make it completely. And you build your knowledge base and collect all this information. She's already had a client. She's already had one client. I mean, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, you can, you can. Snowball is there. It's kind of that gig economy thing. Gig economy, yes. You can do this, you know, Uh gig. And then still do this over here and still do this over here until you kind of can get yourself established. It's not an either or thing. No, not anymore. A lot of people, they're like, well, if it's your passion, because this is another kind of thing that I struggled with. It's like when I picked up a camera for the first time, it wasn't like I loved it day one. It's actually super stressful to go (laughs) to a client, you know, and you're like, oh, I don't Ah. know if it's going to turn out. Uh, But as you get better, you develop it. You develop the craft and then the passion kind of like, develops as it does well. it so does. you can never really develop a passion without developing the skill set to okay that's a really excellent point i actually hate it when people say find your passion mm-hmm. i think you that's don't a know lo- until you try sometimes we don't know and the other thing is your passion might not always be the thing you really should do so i yeah, love correct. that um yeah. that you you can create passion within something that's an interest mm-hmm. and you don't yeah. have- for, I, I, it's, I, I'm so interested in this because like not everyone is supposed to have their job be their passion. Yes, but right. You completely. need to make sure that if your job's not your passion, that you're carving out time something for your passion. else. Just something. Like I'm, my totally. job is not always so glamorous editing on of course not. my it's computer all day, but I see it as like a stepping stone or like a path to, to like just growing in any way. Right. This is running out of juice right here. Oh, 15 geez. minutes we have 15 minutes okay left. we're getting oh, we gosh, time. That's um, but okay. yeah so and then but yeah. sometimes when you're going through that process you you do find that that one little you know direction that starts to grab your interest mm-hmm. and starts to kind of tug at you a little bit more than maybe the other you know mm-hmm. path and i so. never knew editing was going to be my thing i was always like i want to be a cinematographer director 
Interesting. Now I'm like, oh, forget about that. Like anyone can do that stuff. Well, directing is kind of its own sure. beast, but editing is like one component of directing. So I can learn editing, master that, and then of course. take on and then new take things on later in my stuff. career. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And one of the things I, I talk to young people about, because so many, you know, my kids included, is the 20s. That's a really hard transition mm-hmm. to oh, figure out what yeah. you want to do. And if you're not going to be something very specific and obvious, like a lawyer, a doctor, a banker, mm-hmm. a director, which sounds super glamorous, and we they pick these glamorous <laughs> things, right? Yeah. Or I'm going to be a nurse. You you yeah. you really should just jump in. Yeah. And and then and then as you start to enter and you see all the options, like let's just say, oh, I want to be in business. It's so vague, and yet if you're not going to be those specific things, you have you go into business. Right. So what does that mean? Take a job, start working, and just start, you know, figuring out the pathways mm-hmm. will open once you're productive. If you're sitting at home yeah. trying to just figure out what the hell should I do, and you, you're not an entrepreneur, let's say, or you're not ready to do that, or you right. can't, or you yeah. can't financially, yeah. you know, just being productive is the most motivating thing possible. And I think that's when your brain starts to expand. Click, 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 yep. click. And you either start to weed out what you don't want or you just see a path that you never saw before. But I would say the 20s are probably the most difficult decade, even though everyone thinks it's so fun and you're sort of unencumbered. No, it's not particularly that way. It can be. It can be super stressful, I think. Yeah. Especially for young men. I I work with a nonprofit organization. I'm like a board member. And we um, always are just like, understanding like why these like stresses and anxieties come up how to deal with them there's like a lot of kind of themes that you find but for sure just like that uncertainty especially now like people are graduating college and it's like there's this idea that there's no more jobs there's Mm -hmm. zero jobs left in the world and no one's ever gonna have a job and so there's kids that like they're you know they're not, they're fine yeah. and yet they're panicking yeah, you know they're panicking um yeah and, and so yeah i think the patience thing is pretty big and also yeah just acting i like that a yeah. lot just being just do something rather than nothing. well you do did something. the same thing you, yeah with your photography yeah. you mm-hmm. just said hey i'm gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna dive mm-hmm. off into this and i'm gonna act like i'm a photographer and i'm gonna keep networking <laughs> yep. and i'm I gonna keep Uber putting myself out there there you go okay so here's another little i think we all have a fairly wiggly path especially creatives and so when i opened my art gallery with my friend and we partnered up and then i I was married before and got a divorce. And so you can't really be self-employed and a sole earner and make it. So I took it the first job that came along uh, working for the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, oh, okay. doing fundraising, I I which that. I never thought okay. I would do. Mm-hmm. And the side hustle was interior design always. Mm, okay. And so you make it happen. But that job... I loved it because it gave me security. Mm-hmm. It ma- I was productive. Mm-hmm. I was good at it. So I gave me confidence. And then you slowly start to see your life evolve the way you want it and make choices uh, in an informed manner. Where before you know nothing when you come out of you just mm-hmm. you just don't. 
It's overwhelming for sure. It's it overwhelming. Yeah. And it's really I wish people would talk about it more. It's like they'd spend so much time focusing on the transition from high school to college, which uh. is nothing. No. Yeah. And it's fun. It, right. It's like, yeah. oh my God, you're moving out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Right. yeah. You've had Early 18 bed? years to prepare for that. Yeah. And hopefully your parents did a decent right. job, for God's Ugh. sake. Seriously. But now you're out in the real world and you, I just don't feel like people give it enough support. So we're here to support. We are here to support. <laughs> Support the design community mm-hmm. at large. Yeah. Other designers, want to be anybody yeah. design curious, creatives. I can, I can imagine listening to your guys' podcast will just be more. We have ability, fun. Yeah, just taking more from you guys and yeah. learning more. So yeah. hope so. I hope we have so. fun. We have fun. I love my Dixie time. We we say we're not funny. We're fun, but we're not. Funny. Yeah, we're not funny. Yeah. No, we're, we're not, not funny. Maybe but we're fun. multiple times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't laugh easy, so. But that's that's what we usually I think say. I laughed the hardest when we were off <laughs> not rolling the mics. Or no, it was when you were talking about the confession that you made. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She's Super got some fun. good ones. How many podcasts have you done in the year? <gasps> we're on 50... This was 56 six. this last so week. Wow. We're going to air... This one is 57. Big time. 57. Yeah. This is 29 on mine. 20, oh, somewhere okay. in there. Yeah, Look yeah. at you. So, so you're... Getting up there. Are you going... Are you doing yours weekly? Are you going um, on the air weekly? I've just not been consistent about it right. um mm-hmm. and now i'm just yep. kind of like, like just doing them. just do it i have like a bunch kind of coming through the funnel oh and, good uh, for you I, some of them are friends we can li- i can reach sure. out to someone hey you want to do it today and we do it and then some of them are like a month out we have a phone call right and <laughs> we like us. line it up this was like a very professional yes. like you know we set up everything really that nice and, um yeah, I'm, I'm, I have reached out to some old professors, um, all walks of life. It's, it's, there's no, someone asked me recently, is there a bar for like the level of achievement that a guest has to have? It's like, absolutely well, not. No. Yeah. Just conversation. I've had conversations with yeah people Just that are life. all over the place. Yeah. Very I love that fun. you're doing it. Really Thank appreciate you. it. That's so cool. Yeah. And Thank thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Pleasure this has been all mine. a blast. Let's do one question to each of you to oh, wrap it up, okay. which is if it's kind of a reiteration of what we've been talking about. Okay. I've, so it'll I've be asked easy. it on everyone. All right. It's my, I'm still learning as an interviewer. So <laughs> you're um, good. You're a good interview. What piece of advice if you could whisper in your ear at the age of 18, for example, like kind of at this transition period, um, 22, 18, if you could whisper in your ear, one piece of advice, what would that, what would that be? What would you tell yourself at that age? Oh, 18. 18. Um, 18's a general number. Oh, okay, okay. I would say um, learn to be adaptable, calm, and edit your speech. Mm. And that amount of judgment that you show in life will allow you to move forward with fewer mistakes and more success. Very good and so really well said. When you say edit your speech, do you just mean being really well spoken? No, I mean don't fly. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, that would be nice. I'm not a fan of profanity. Um, I get it, but uh, and there are certain times when it feels really good. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, No, it's more um, when you are in a situation. For example, I'll give you an example in the design world. So something goes wrong, mm-hmm. you fly off the handle. I've never done this, by the way, mm-hmm. thankfully. No, you're right. you you're fly off so the handle, always calm. and then you realize either, 
oh, shizzle, it's my fault, or, oh, it actually, is, that didn't happen. Not such a big deal. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. it's not as big of a and deal. most things aren't a big deal. Mm -hmm. So don't start with the hot button, ever. And, and I think for, as you move forward in life, in all relationships, particularly your intimate ones, you're going to have a really nice time if you can find harmony. I think that's so great. So editing, edit, edit, edit. Yeah. I love it. Some self-awareness as well. Oh, yeah. 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 I would say, knowing what I know now, that I would tell myself, keep building, 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 building relationships, building your career, building the life that you want. So keep building. Don't give up on that. And everything is relative. Don't compare yourself mm. to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Their situation is not your situation. Your situation is not. And what they mm -hmm. have is different. And what they're experiencing is different. And what I'm going through is different. And it's all relative. No one is suffering more or less in the grand scheme of things. And what happens at one time might be different for you at another time. And everybody goes through their ups and downs. And it's part of life and it's part of the journey and just build, build, build. If you build your relationships, you build the life you want, it will all work itself out. That's great. Because there's always someone smarter. Both. There's always someone more successful, richer, always. making more money. Always. always. With social media, we see it on our phone every yeah. day. You know, there's a photographer always. who's 15 years old making yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. You're like, oh yeah. my gosh. Damn it. Just produced the next Oscar winning film. Or I know. Yeah. I know. And you want to compare yourself and you want to like think mm -hmm. that their world is better or whatever. And the reality is, is that it's not always what it appears. And if you just keep focusing on yourself and keep building, building, building. I love that. It's like You'll you can be there. jealous, but don't you can be, be jealous. But yeah. don't be envious. Correct. There mm -hmm. is a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love know. that. Yeah. What a great way to end. <laughs> okay. Two hours and Woo, just how many ever minutes? We had fun. Awesome conversation. Thank Super fun you. to have you both. Yeah. And so where can we find you on social media? Start on the uh, we're interwebs. DesignSalvation.com. Design Salvation is what we are on Instagram. I don't think we're hard to find. Okay. So. No. It well, will just pop right up. It'll you can get link. us on yeah. Yeah, yeah. all of all of the platforms. You know, we're Facebook, we're Instagram, we're, we're on better Listen, at some than we're on, others. you know, all of all Spotify, yeah. everything. Yeah. So it's all there. Very cool. Easily, easily to find. Yes. Well, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you. Awesome. We'll talk soon. Yes, yes. Ciao yes. for now. Ciao for now. Yes.